This is WexCast from the Wexner Center for the Arts at The Ohio State University. I'm Melissa Starker, PR and Content Manager. Shortly after the announcement in September 2016 that John Kanemaker was chosen as a recipient of a Wexner Center Artist Residency Award, the animator and animation historian paid a visit to give a talk on one of his areas of expertise, Windsor McKay's Little Nemo. Kanemaker was in the early stages of producing Hands, the film supported by the award, and he sat down with Wex film video director Dave Philippi to discuss his vision for the hand-drawn short, as well as his approach to storytelling, his encounters with animation legends, and the continued importance of drawing in a field with ever-advancing digital innovations. With the world premiere of Hands coming to the Wex this week, it's time to share their conversation. Let's listen. Well, John, it was a, a wonderful set of circumstances that I guess brought the two of us, the Wexner Center and, and you together, and um, we're really thrilled that we're able to to support your upcoming project, Hands, even if it is in a, a small way compared to the rest of the budget. But could you talk about um, what led you to Sherwood Anderson's story? Well, I've always uh, admired uh, his writing, and... Uh, because I, I write myself, I've, I've done 12 books on animation history, and God knows I'm always trying to improve on uh, my writing. But he was a big influence in terms of uh, famous writers. Uh, people influenced by him were a younger generation of people like William Faulkner and Ernest Hemingway and uh, Thomas Wolfe and John Steinbeck. He had a very um, uh, realistic, honest way of writing, a very succinct way of putting words and phrases together and I I was taken by it and of course taken by his his masterwork which was uh, Winesburg, Ohio which is a collection of stories and one of them in particular the first one that opens the book is called Hands and um, Hands is about a, a man named Wing Biddlebaum who uh, is an eccentric and psychologically isolated individual who uh, lives in a small uh, town in Ohio and uh, he is struggling with uh, self-awareness in the face of societal prejudices regarding appropriate behavior. His hands are restless, and his hands are always trying to express something. Anderson described it as uh, like the beatings of the wings of an imprisoned bird. And I just, when I read that sort of thing, I thought of animated images, and in fact, one of the images in the film is where his hands are moving and then all of a sudden they come together as one would do thumbs and then holding in your fingers or the, the wings. They become the bird. They cross-dissolve and metamorphose into the bird and then the cage shows up and the bird beats against one side and beats against the other and then the hands come back and to rest again. So I've often done serious subjects in animation. I've done films on... Uh, child abuse. There was a CBS uh, special called Break the Silence, Kids Against Child Abuse, and uh, I've done films on uh, cancer. That was uh, an HBO special that uh, was called You Don't Have to Die, and that won for the producers an Academy Award. I've done films on nuclear war, uh, you know, in animation. But when I do these, which are in the documentary format, uh, I always ask the producers, why do you want animation in this? I need a good reason to do it in animation. And they'll say, well, we don't want to show how this looks. We want to know how it feels. Well, animation can do that. You know, and, and by use of symbols, you know, say the bird uh, thing where it's, you literally have it, your hands become a bird and then 
bashing against the cage, you get the feeling that he's trapped, you know, inside something, and he's trying to express himself with, with the hands, as I'm doing now. Uh, and you can do that in animation. So I think this film, for me, is a challenge because it's full of those kind of images that I can can use. And so, you know, if a character reaches out to touch something they shouldn't touch, the hands can turn to fire. And so that's another uh, possibility, another image. It's also a, it's not a fun film. It's it's a serious subject. It's uh, it's almost a, um, a cautionary tale for people who uh, perhaps use their creativity in a different way that might offend other people. It, it makes you think, maybe not in a good way, that uh, you shouldn't do that. You know, it, it, it inhibits the creativity, and that's what it did with Wing uh, Biddlebaum, who was an innocent. He was accused of, of uh, you know, inappropriate touching, and, uh, uh, and in fact was driven out of the town he was in because of that, and so he, he withdraws. But the hands are still alive, and the hands still want to be creative, but they can't. And so I just think there's there's so many levels that this can talk about, about uh, uh, societal pressures, about uh, uh, phobia toward being touched or, or touching, um, when touch can be a very powerful thing. It can be a very uh, positive thing. So I just... It's a big challenge, and I'm, you know, I want to do challenging things. I mean, the film I did about my father, The Moon and the Sun, was something that, again, I was, I was challenged by it. How do I talk about these things? Because my relationship with him was, was not good. Should I show this? Should I talk about it? How do I show it symbolically? How do I use animation properly? You've seen the film, I think, so... That's the same thing I felt about this particular project, and I may fall on my face, but I'm, you know, at least it'll be my face, <laughs> and uh, uh, I just want to see what I can do with this because, you know, I'm not interested in being in a studio with other people doing stuff. I want to do what I want to do. I'm glad you brought up Moon in the Sun and the sequence that you described the hands turning into the wings, and that's one thing that strikes me about your work is you use animation to um, make the interior visible often, you know, like mm -hmm. through symbolism, through metaphor. Um, you know, animation is such a powerful way of, of visualizing things that you could never visualize. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you show a person's interior state mm -hmm. with, in, in live action? And if you could maybe talk about that, and I know that you had, I think, a minute finished mm -hmm. uh, to, to show other people, but maybe some upcoming scenes that... that that might take advantage of that mm -hmm. approach? Well, uh, I can go back first to uh, the moon and the sun. The The opening of that, I, openings are important, I think, of films. And uh, for that film, I wanted to establish that it was going to be drawn. It was going to be a painterly drawn film. And I also wanted to signal that it was a, a serious uh, theme that was based on reality. So the first shot is really just these two figures, myself and my father, uh, coming together as line drawings. Then paint comes into it very quickly, and then you cross this off to a photograph of the same pose. And so that was the very first image. So I think that image sort of, you know, says that. 
with hands, I I, uh, I just started to um, uh, do the titles by using hands as the letters of H-A-N-D-S, and they curve and they move and they become that, uh, you know, and then when you pull back, there's the title itself, so that the hands are there and, the, you know, they're, they're writhing and, and all of that. Another scene in, is where he's working as a field hand. He picks uh, strawberries with field hand as his job. In you know, he was a teacher in the in the uh, town that he was run out of, and now he has to work as a as a day laborer uh, in Ohio. So to show that the hands are part of the creative process for him, even when he's doing this, uh, I I focus on the hands and how he picks the berries and then he picks them very fast he's very facile with with his hands and and uh, they're very alive and and at one point the screen has four little screens on it so he's picking here very close up on the hands in one panel the next panel the hands are are pouring what he's picked into a bucket the next one is him close up you know sweating as he's he's doing his face you know and then the next panel you see the the basket you know, growing. And this is a cycle that goes over and over and over for a brief time. So, I mean, that's using a, a cinematic technique that comes from documentaries or comes from mm-hmm. something else, but I'm doing it in animation. And each of the panels was animated separately, but it's all on one sheet of paper or a series mm-hmm. of one, one sheets like that. With our residency award, um, every year, you know, we, we give um, residency awards across disciplines, one in visual arts, one in performing arts, and then one or more in, in film and video. And it's always exciting for us when it, the timing is right, where the award comes at an opportune moment where a person can use the support on a specific um, project. And so that was one thing that was so exciting for us. And maybe talk about, you know, you've had such a, a distinguished, long and distinguished career as an animator, but boy, talk about a, a tough field, you know, the field of independent animation, the, the time that goes into making even, I think um, Hands is going to be 10 minutes, yes. I think, you know, just the time that goes into a 10-minute film and yeah. and the challenges that, that that go into producing something like that in an in a independent manner. Well, it is a very labor-intensive art form, animation, and it doesn't matter if you're uh, hand-drawn or computer uh, generated imagery it's it takes time and you have to figure things out and so many of the processes are the same at a certain point you know concept art uh, storyboards layouts perhaps then finally getting into the animation and such for me the most creative part is the beginning is you know coming up with how to uh, uh, go from the text written text into the visual and uh, uh, my advantage though is that uh, my career is such that I don't do just one thing. I am very lucky, I feel, because I, I love animation. And so my whole life and career is, is uh, around that, but doing different aspects of it. I have a full professorship uh, that I've had for many years at NYU. I had the animation program there, so I enjoy teaching animation. I enjoy exposing the, the students to different kinds of performance uh, art and and. Uh, actors and musicians, etc., that they may never have considered and considered using in their their films. Um, I also write, and I've met many of the great animators and been uh, fortunate enough to call some of them my friends and to be inspired by 
by their work. I could never hope to attain what they have in terms of artistry, but it's certainly been a, a great journey for me. And then I make my own films and have made them for over 30 years, uh, both sponsored films um, and then uh, my personal films. And because of all of the other activities, I don't rely on working in a studio or anything. I, I, I can put my own money into my films, but the Wexner grant uh, was kind of a, a, a little godsend that came by, and, and I never expected it, really. My producer, uh, Peggy Stern, had uh, contacted you, I think, and because and, I had mentioned, you know, because this this film takes place in Ohio, maybe there's Ohio grants that we can get, and I said, you might ask Dave. <laughs> and uh, so she did, and then you said, here's some money. <laughs> And, That's I mean, exactly it how like, it works. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work that way in real life, except here at the Wexner. Well, it doesn't always work that way here either, but... <laughs> but I just am very grateful to uh, you and to uh, the Wexner for this opportunity, because, you know, I probably would have dawdled along, you know, for years, <laughs> which I already have, doing other things and thinking, well, I'll get to this. But now I have a purpose. You know, I want to finish the film so I can bring it here and show it to you. Uh, we can't wait. <laughs> like you mentioned, you've you've had the opportunity and and um, you know thrill to meet um, so many of the giants of of animation history. If mm. if any of them have been um, particular influences on you as a as a working animator. Mm -hmm. Well, um, early on in my career as a historian of animation uh, back in the 70s, 1973, I first met Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston when I went out to the Disney Studio archives and, and did a project out there. It was the first project. It led to my writing a paper for the college that I was uh, doing the paper for, and that led to my sending out various articles on animation. But Frank and Ollie remained uh, friends through all the years, and the interviews that I did with them back in 1973, I eventually used when I did a book on the Nine Old Men, which was Disney's uh, moniker for uh, his favorite phalanx of, uh, of animators. Um, but I used to uh, rely on them for tough love critiques of my work, and they gave it to me. You know, I would send them out my film, my latest film, if it was if it was a commercial or something, or if it was a personal film, I'd send them out. <coughs> And they were so generous with their um, advice and uh, and uh, their critiques. You know, they were they thought enough of me to tell the truth. And they would say, you know, uh, had you thought of this, you don't have people working with you like we did. So you know, here's our advice to you about this. And they talked about uh, what appealed in terms of design, what didn't work, what uh, uh, what they liked, what they didn't like, and. Uh, they were always, uh, I left that they, they said, my God, you've come up with another film, you know, how do you find time to do this? But I, you know, I was younger then and I was doing, doing my books and doing my teaching and doing, you know, films at the same time. There was another animator, uh, not as well known as, as Frank and Ollie, but um, a woman named Tisa David. And she was a great animator. She came from, from Hungary and uh, she was Grim Natwick's assistant for 12 years. Grim Natwick uh, invented Betty Boop for mm -hmm. the Fleischers, and he animated the first four Betty Boop films, and he also animated 84 scenes in Snow White for Walt Disney. 
Tisa became his assistant in New York uh, when they did TV commercials. And in fact, they worked for UPA at one point and in New York, and they animated the uh, the last Mr. Magoo film. Mm-hmm. But she did tons of commercials, and then she worked for John Hubley, did these wonderful, warm, beautiful, drawn films. She was also a mentor, and mm-hmm. boy, was she tough. You'd go over to her apartment and you know show her a drawing or a film or a series of drawings, and she'd be saying, and she had a Hungarian accent, and she'd say. This is a lousy drawing. <laughs> or <laughs> I say, this is a terrible film. Terrible film. <laughs> and you want to kill yourself. But <laughs> you, you pick yourself up and you, you, know, you go on. But she did it. I mean, to be honest like that is, is great. And I, you know, I'm not that brutal with my students. Mm-hmm. But I do say, this is my feeling about this. Mm-hmm. And have you considered doing that? But, <laughs> you know, just great. That's great. I've been a very lucky person to know people like that. And, you know, they're people just pure inspiration. Richard Williams is a dear friend of mine, and we've known each other for over 30 years, and Chuck Jones was a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. He once came to my apartment, and all these, me and a couple of other young animators at the time, back in the 70s, and and he, uh, he spent an hour with us just looking at our stuff, and then he would... He drew pictures for us, and I kept every one, mm-hmm. and I used them with my students. I said, here's what Chuck said about this, you know? And I've known people who really went back to it. The earliest person that I knew was uh, like Otto Mesmer, who was the real uh, force and genius behind Felix the Cat in the 1920s. He was the one who directed those films. Mm-hmm. And, you know, several eyewitnesses said it. It was Otto. Otto came up with the stories, and Otto assigned the work to us. And, you know, he was the one who came up with these these films, two times a month, these silent animated films. They're just brilliant, brilliant films. And, of course, you know, I, I met Windsor McKay's assistant. I made a documentary film about mm-hmm. him. I made a documentary film about Otto Mesmer. I wrote about them. So I feel I'm, I'm just a very lucky conduit. I'm someone who has learned a lot from these people, and now I have an outlet, you know, through NYU and and my students at the Tisch School of the Arts, um, you know, to uh, to give them the information as well. And it's very gratifying to see my students go to Pixar and, and work there. there. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I keep hearing from them through the years, some of them going back 25 years or so, and makes you realize you're, you're doing mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. to uh, to help. You know, you, you mentioned Pixar and your work as a as an animator. You you still you know employ hand drawn animation, and then I, th- I think all of your um, scholarly work, your books anyway, um, it, it's always been about you know people that that used hand drawn animation, and and now we're in you know in an age where by a studio anyway, um, you know rarely do we see uh, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still seeing stop motion animation, I guess, but. Could you talk about the conversation between what can be learned from, you know, watching and, and studying the traditional hand-drawn animation and, and how it can be applied to, you know, like students that are that are going to be working in, in computer animation? Yeah, I pondered that question too. Uh, at NYU, we have a full plate of uh, classes in all forms of animation. We have traditional life drawing from the model. Uh, we have uh, action analysis, uh, but we also have a full complement of uh, 
3D uh, computer animation, Maya software, uh, and uh, and such. But I I once asked uh, Pete Doctor, who's a friend at Pixar. Uh, he was the director of Up and Inside Out. I said, Pete, could you write a couple of paragraphs uh, that I could then hand out to my students about why you think drawing is still important for Pixar? He said, absolutely. And so he came up with these wonderful uh, paragraphs, and he said that uh, drawing is still important at, at Pixar. He said, you know, we look at these older films, and we look at the timing of them, we look at the characterization, we look at the appeal of the drawing, all of that sort of thing. And he said that... Uh, but we also advise people to not copy the the old uh, animation, but to uh, look at it for some sort of an inspiration, see what's been done, but then go to life, go to real life, and and uh, and the best way to to um, uh, see something is not to just look at it, but to observe it and to get a sketch pad and then start to draw it because you know that goes from the brain to the hand, and then you when you delineate it yourself, you won't forget it. You know, there's a tactile uh, sense that, that happens with that, that process. He said, um, the other thing that happens when you observe uh, real life is that you see that there's so much variety that you can get into a pose, for example, and get very strong poses. Uh, for example, um, uh, you know, we're sitting here doing the same thing. We're sitting, and look at, look at the way your hands are here on the table. Look at the way yours are under the table here, and you're you know you're stretched out your feet. One leg for you is here, and 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 I'm, of course, talking with my hands like crazy. Um, so we're all doing the same thing. We're all doing it differently, and it all reflects what we're supposed mm -hmm. to be doing and what our personalities are and what the job is at hand that we're we're uh, we're doing. So. You go to life and you find the things you need, but you write them down, you draw them, and then you use them. So many times when I walk around Pixar, you know, looking and meeting the, the animators, I see these little drawings at the top of their, their computers, the little poses that they want to hit in the, in the uh, computer as well. So uh, nothing is lost, um, and hand-drawn is still popular, not, you know, for feature animation mm -hmm. in America, but it's certainly all over the world. Uh, there are people that, you know, still do feature-length hand-drawn, and the independents, many of us uh, love the art form of hand-drawn animation, and we still use it. I mean, I, you know, I'm too old to learn <laughs> anything <laughs> else, but I, I think there's so much still mm -hmm. for me to mm -hmm. learn in what I'm doing. I've been thinking yesterday we were sitting at, at lunch, I think, and we were trying to um, each name our favorite animated character. I'm not sure any of us answered the question. No. But, you know, if you have a Sunday afternoon off and, and you want to watch some, some cartoons or some mm -hmm. an animated feature, what are you likely to, to pull off the shelf and, and pop in? What are the, your, your favorites to revisit? Gosh, I like so many different types of animation. I mean... I love abstract animation, Oscar Fischinger, uh, you know, I love that. I uh, love puppet animation, uh, uh, Trinka, Yerji Trinka, Starovich, um, uh, Lottie Reiniger with her shadow puppets. Um, there's, there's so much. My favorite uh, Disney feature is Fantasia, 1940 version. Uh, and I, I just, uh, 
I guess it's because of the connection with my childhood. I'd seen it, you know, a re reissue back in the 50s, and I never forgot it. And the fact that I've met so many of the artists who worked on it, uh, people like uh, uh, Preston Blair and, and uh, Bianca Majoli and uh, Holly Johnston and all of those people, uh, it just enhances it for me. And I have some of the artwork, you know, from the film, so that's my... You know, one of my favorites. I love the Yellow Submarine by uh, you know George Dunning. That work. Um, uh, too too many. I I'm just uh, you know I can't pin down just one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no need to apologize. Mm. Well, thank you so much, John, for talking with thank us. Thank you. It was a great pleasure. That was John Canemaker with Wex Film Video Director Dave Philippi discussing Canemaker's short hands. For more information about our film video screenings and all things WEX, go to WEXArts.org.